Well, I'm going to get us started. I don't see um, anyone else in the waiting room, but I will let them in. Uh, so welcome. Uh, happy Friday. And uh, today we're going, going to explore the balance of expert knowledge and coaching practice. This is something I'm really passionate about. So, so excited to, to get to lead this. Uh, uh, all right, there's another coach. So as I said, I'm not going to explain it just now, but before we jump in, please in the chat, put a piece of advice that you love to give people. Put that in the chat. And we are gonna go back to that in a minute. Um, I know most of you, but uh, for you, you that don't know me, um, I'm Hannah Finro. I'm a master certified coach. I am CTEVU's director of education, as well as a trainer and assessor and just a lifelong learner. Um, I actually um, fell in love with coaching being a client, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that um, actually today. So, so glad to be here. Um, this is actually, I'm a decade into coaching, so I'm going to give you everything I got in the last 10 years, uh, especially as it relates to balancing expert knowledge and your coaching practice. So I am that cool that I actually made slides for you. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and share slides, uh, and we're going to walk through this together. Thanks for the love, Taylor. I know, like, share, making slides, it, it says something about uh, the topic. All right. So I already did the welcome, and the prompt was to put the your piece of advice in the chat. So I see that most of you had done that. Um, so feel free to do that. Um, this workshop whether you're a wellness coach, I mean, I think everyone has expertise. So I think it's it's for every coach. We are going to be, I will we'll share a little bit about wellness coaching specifically, um, but I believe we all have expertise uh, and we all need to learn how to balance that in, in coaching. So the overview today, I'm going to get at like really like the foundation of what is coaching? Who is the client? Who is the coach? Roles. Um, really getting at when to not share, how to share um and and give you some tools and frameworks for doing that we're also gonna revisit learn be do uh, because you might not be surprised but learn be do applies to this as well um, as well as coaching to flourish which is something you probably heard that around uh, just the, our podcast with ctedu is called coaching to flourish um, but there's uh, connections with coaching to flourish and uh, this idea of flourishing and positive psychology that relates back and then at the end, we're going to look at that advice that you give and how you can frame that or use that to empower clients in coaching. Um, so we're going to walk away with some, some ideas of how you can better do that for yourself uh, moving forward. All right, so look at let's look at what is coaching. I am including the MBHWC, that's the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches um, as well, um, because of, that is the medical examiner's um, certification. I actually just completed that myself um, last year. And I will tell you, it's still about empowerment, even if there is expertise shared. So I wanted to include it. So the ICF, this is all about coaching as a partnership with clients. It's a thought-provoking and creative process, and it inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. The process of coaching unlocks Previously untapped sources of imagination, productivity, and leadership. Uh, yeah, no worries, Salima. We are actually aren't doing breakout rooms. We're all staying together. 
um, for this workshop. So you're welcome to, to stay here. And if anyone has a, a question to follow along the way, um, since I have the screen share, I might not be able to see you um, reach for the unmute or read, uh, um, but feel free to, to uh, comment in the chat. Um, I'm happy to take questions along the way. All right. The MBHWC sees coaches as a partner with clients enhancing their well-being through self-directed, there's that key, self-directed, lasting changes aligned with their values. In the course of their work, health and wellness coaches believe unconditional positive regard for their clients, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and their belief in the, their own ability to change, honoring the fact the client is the expert on their own life while ensuring all interactions are respectful and non-judgmental. I think it's helpful to point out here that there is such a thing as positive judgment. Uh, and if you've done overviews with me, I might have mentioned this before, but that's like, I like that, or I think you should do that, or that's a good idea. That can actually um, sway a client. And, oh, well, maybe you know better than I do, which causes them to be feel disempowered um, rather than what do you like about that? What do you want to do? So just keep in mind, judgment refers to po both positive and maybe more negative judgment in this piece. Okay. Any thoughts or questions about the definition of coaching so far? I'd encourage you, if you've settled into coaching, uh, usually even in 1.0, we, um, we invite you to like, Share what is coaching to you? Um, and if you want to right now, if do you have a sentence that you, how do you describe coaching? Like, what is coaching to you? Um, one of my uh, one-liners, it doesn't encompass everything that coaching is, but something that I common share, commonly share is coaching is a partnership that helps you trust yourself and take your own advice. And that came from my own experience, um, actually being a client. Uh, and I will tell you that if my coaching experience as a client was different, I might not be a coach today because my experience as a client was so profound. Um, so in my teens and early 20s, I was a big people pleaser, big, what do you think I should do? Uh, I remember, I mean, I grew up with sisters and I was even, are you sure I should wear this? <laughs> that, that, was, that was who I was. And when I first encountered a coach, I was running a business and uh, was finishing college and um, this coach didn't jump in and say, this is what you should do or, oh, you and I have a lot in common. I think you should do what I did. My coach actually went, in, went on to study literature. <laughs> so I don't know where I would be, but my coach literally said, all right, Hannah, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And gave me this space where I, I couldn't go call a friend or ask one of my sisters or I had many mentors. Um, but it was like one of those first times in my life where it was like, what do you want? And there was a space for me to like figure it out. So I felt very uh, empowered. And I will tell you, after that first, first coaching session, I fell in love with coaching because I was like, whoa, I just found my own answers and I'm learning to trust myself and take my own advice. And that's where that liner comes from is because I profoundly experienced that of 
here I am always seeking everyone else's advice and their opinion. And like, I found my own opinion. <laughs> I found my own advice and I actually really liked it. So I got in trouble a little bit with my coach wanting to turn uh, that first coaching session into, I've been looking for this my whole life. I didn't even know what coaching was and now I want to be a coach. Uh, well, fast forward, um, that was about 14 years ago. Um, I've been coaching for over a decade um, and I'm a master certified coach, which means not that I've learned everything there is to know because I believe there's always more to know. Um, but I will tell you, if I had had a different experience, I don't know where I would be because it was so uh, profound for me just to have to sit and wrestle with that. What do I want? Who do I want to be uh, when I had been used to asking other people? That was my my experience with coaching. And just I, I just so profoundly believe in the empowerment that comes from coaching um, and that that space that it holds for people. Because it's just like, who do you want to be? And you get to create it. What do you want to do? And you get to create your own path. Um, and I think that's just what makes coaching so special. Um, Willie shared helping people be their best, having your own coaches, helping people meet their goals and be transformed, teaching, guiding, enhancing self-awareness. Yeah, if anyone else wants to share, I encourage you, do you have a one-liner that introduces coaching to people. Um, it is so helpful to have your own definition. So what is coaching to you? All right. Any other thoughts or questions so far? All right. Welcome, Julie. Uh, we got, have gotten started about 10 minutes ago, but we are putting a piece of advice we love to share in the chat, uh, as well as I've just prompted the coaches to share what their own definition of coaching is. All right, let's look at the role of coach and client. And I really like this distinction of the coach is about the process, the client is about the content. Uh, so this idea that as coaches, you do know the coaching process better than the client. You have, you're an expert on coaching tools, the coaching process, really how coaching works. The client, however, is the expert on them and their own experience. They're really the content of, of the coaching session. So think about you have the processes and the way of coaching they're the who <laughs> they are um the content of the coaching so that's something to be really aware of is what is your own content and i'm going to get to how to frame that um, so you can serve clients well but really the the role is the client's the expert on themselves and their experience and the coach is the expert on coaching and tools and the practice of coaching what do you all think of that distinction And I'll jump in. Yeah, thanks, Lily. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. My name is Willie Paul. I just recently joined uh, CTEDU and uh, um, identified that coaching was for me. So I'm learning a lot right now. I'm 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 in the total absorption phase. 
Um, and, and I think this slide sheds a light onto something that I know I'm going to struggle with. I've acted as a mentor in the past, which is different than being a coach. Um, yeah. And my and, and I'm still learning what coaching is all about. And I and I know myself enough to know that I've always been a problem solver in my life. And I'm going to want to jump in and provide answers. So I need to learn more about the, not learn more about the process. I understand the process, but I'm looking forward to becoming, becoming more skilled in the use of the process um, yeah. and not jumping in and providing answers. So I know that's going to be one of my own challenges. Yeah. Now, Willie, I want to thank you for sharing, but also point out the fact that you're aware of that means you can change it. Um, and that you're seeing that. Um, two distinctions that I love to give people is coaching is about helping the client become their own inner mentor. So think about, you can use all of that, but you're shifting it now to how can they mentor themselves? How can the wisdom come from them rather than from you? So there's a lot, and we'll get to this, like how you can frame things. So it's it's not you problem solving, but you helping the client become a better problem solver, which is what coaching is about. However, I do think that the world needs mentoring. Um, here I am, I'm mentoring you all, passing on what I know. We, we need that too. But it's more powerful to have them be separate um, because, I mean, think back to even my own example. All right, Hannah, you know what you want. You want, except when it comes to this, I know what you want. <laughs> this is what you should do. Um, so having them be separate is, is really powerful. Um, but people can benefit from both. And I, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but I truly believe that we go through things for a reason. Um, you know, our, our stories and experience have shaped us and shaped who we are and how we can partner with people. Um, so that's not that, oh, everything you've done doesn't matter. It's like, yes, it does, but you need to frame it so that the spotlight's always on the client and that they're always the expert. So it's about how to position it, how to, how to use it in coaching. But thank you so much for sharing, Willie, because I guarantee you, we all we all can <laughs> resonate. And I just, um, yeah, the I will tell you, ten years in, the absorbing phase doesn't stop. At least for me, I'm like, there's always so much to learn about coaching. I mean, even at mastery, I'm like, wow, every person's different, every session's different. There's always more, and that's what I love about this. Yeah, it's amazing. Great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so a few coaches join. Uh, so I just want to share with you the prompts so far. So we are sharing in the chat a piece of advice you love to give, and then also your own definition of coaching. All right. So let's talk about expert knowledge versus being the expert. Okay. So no matter of expert knowledge will make you an expert on someone else and their life. I really like this distinction because it acknowledges the fact that you can have expertise, expertise on your own life, your own experiences, subject matter expertise. I would consider myself an expert on coaching, right? But no matter of expertise is going to make me an expert on someone else and their life and their experiences. So there's that distinction. You can have expert knowledge, but you're not being an expert. What do you think of that distinction? Hannah, I love this distinction because I have been struggling so much with the ex 
like just by age and experience and I'm, I work with students in the college environment primarily so that coming of age season of life and so I'm constantly saying like in my I'm battling in my head all the time oh that's not going to go well for you or oh how can I you know mm -hmm. and having to step back and say I'm not you I don't know your story I can't judge that I can't um, even, you know, and even being careful about positive judgment in that space too, to try to not say, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to build your story into my story or what didn't work for me. What did work for me? Like, that's not about me. And that goes back yeah. to like kind of a, a basic level of listening rather than thinking deeper about um, the job I'm there to do. And so it's ironic. I've really been walking through this very recently with how do I navigate that kind of desire to be authentic with help? You know, we're in the helping profession versus, what it, do I really believe that what I bring to the table or any expert experiences or knowledge that I have um, is, do I really pridefully assume that I know better? And truly, that goes back to level one, first rule of thumb, trust the client, you know? And um, so I love that. I love this reminder. I think it's huge. And I think that the, even the previous slide lends itself to this so well um, because they have to feed off one another. Like, I can't be an expert coach if I'm trying to be an expert um, of an experience of a person. So I, I'd have to keep that headspace. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Sarah. And we're going to talk a little bit about levels of listening. It's definitely connected to this because I don't know, has anyone read um, the book Face, uh, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow? It really connects back to levels of listening. And oftentimes when we're thinking fast, it's what do I know about this? <laughs> Um, how does this relate to my experience versus level two is what is it like to be this other person? And we're in that deeper empathetic space. So it's really helpful to be aware. And again, like Sarah's like, great job being aware. Just like I told Billy, what you're aware of, you can change. This is the fact that you're aware of it. It's just something to be mindful of. Um, I will also say like, there are certain areas where I'm like, even still, I'm like, I get really excited for someone around something. I have to really be intentional of holding myself back. And I will also say there's something about working with a lot of clients. So Sarah, you might see a lot of students that struggle with the same kind of problems. So we also have to remember that every person's unique. Um, even if they have things in common, what you know worked with one person isn't going to work with the other. How you partner with one person shouldn't be automatically the way that you partner with um, another person because everyone's so different. Um, but I know, I mean, my first four years of coaching were hundreds of college age students and I saw patterns and what really helped was getting to know that person uh, rather than, okay, I'm going to really be careful of not putting in the box of, oh, these are, you're struggling with perfectionism or this is this. Um, so they're the expert on their experience themselves and their problems. And so even if you're skilled at helping with certain problems, they're still the expert. All right. I, I'm going to just jump in here, if I may. Oh, um, absolutely. I, I'm Lori, and um, I, I work in a doctor's office. And what we're talking about here is it fits so well into my experience at the doctor's office. I mean, I can share all kinds of studies. Uh, about how to eat, what to eat, how to exercise, whatever, based on someone's, you know, 
limitations or or interest. But bottom line, really, um, you think, okay, this is the way it should be according to these studies and the information that I'm sharing that with them. But if it doesn't work for them for some even really weird, you know, anomalous, unknown reason, only they know that. I mean, you always say, oh, well, you should eat, you know, raw fruits and vegetables. And then you find out that because of some strange experience uh, or surgery-related um, odd reason, that person can't eat raw vegetables. And uh, going into going into each um, coaching session with each patient, client, um, all, all you can do is just absorb and um, ask questions um, that helps draw out that information so you can then ask them, okay, now, so what would you do with this advice? Uh, if it doesn't work for you, how can I encourage you to find out what will work for you? And it's, um, I just love what we're talking about here. It's so good. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, because you could share all the information, all the um, even research, but like no amount of that will actually make someone want to change. They have to want to change um, themselves. Yeah. And decide that it, that's going to work for them. There's just something that happens that. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever had this experience like, oh, I see this. And they're like, okay, I'm not going to say it. And then 10 minutes later, they realize it. There's this big, huge aha moment. Well, I guarantee you it would have been way less impactful if said, oh, you should do this versus them realizing it. That's why well, learn, be, do is so important rather than this is, you know, going to doing, helping them learn about themselves, their situations, really consider, you know, all the different, you know, context. Um, and learn about themselves, their motivation, their perspective, their values. Um, in our 2.0 program, we even talk about deep rules. That's this idea that we kind of have underlying um, rules that way that we see life, and we like our operating um, program. Yes, Sarah, that's the book. Um, thinking fast, thinking uh, slow. That's the name right there. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Uh, a metaphor that I really like to use about uh, coaching is an egg metaphor. And I didn't have a, like a cool CTEDU picture of an egg, so I didn't include it. So you have to use your imagination. An egg by itself is a pure egg, right? But you can use an egg to make so many different things. But is it, is it still a pure egg? Like when you make a cake. It's all mixed in. And so that's what I want to bring that back to coaching. Coaching in itself needs to be pure form of coaching, but coaching can be in everything else. And honestly, <laughs> I believe like that coaching should be integrated in, into everything else. I'm kind of personally on a mission to like, wow, if everyone was just a little bit more curious and a little bit more empathetic, how different would our world be? Um, I mean, just, just even a little bit of coach training, a little bit of like, coaching, coach-like behavior. Uh, honestly, I have a lot of people that hire me to teach them coach-like behavior, <laughs> just even little things that they don't want to be a, a coach, but that they see that value in, in being coach-like. So coaching can exist in every anything else. So say even a doctor, it'd be helpful to a doctor to like practice 
um, empathy and level two listening and, you know, and curiosity, asking questions. Um, I always joke, man, if my dentist had a little bit of coach training, <laughs> how different would my experience be? Uh, I think that every time I was a dentist, but coaching can exist in anything else, but nothing else can exist in coaching and be pure coaching. But that doesn't mean that you can't serve people in other ways. But think about you if you really wanted to get the full impact of coaching, how can that be a pure separate experience? Especially if you want to be at like ICF, um, MBHWC. There's it's just so impactful um, to have that pure experience of coaching. Um, something I personally practice because I have acted as a as a mentor for college students. I mentor coaches, I train coaches, I definitely get into that role as well. And something I've found is just having it being really distinct. Bless you, Amy. Um, is like what hat do you want to wear right now? And then I'm not taking that hat off unless the client, you know, like until that time is up. So it's not that, oh, I'm stuck here. Can you, you know, give me your advice? It's like, no, we're gonna sit with this discomfort and explore what's missing and what you need to know. Um, so I just want to encourage you, like when you're in the coaching role, be the egg <laughs> and and bring that bring the coaching into other things because I, I really think that it, it makes everything better. I know it's had an impact on how I parent. Okay, I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna be curious right now, even though I'm like, why is paint all over the kitchen? <laughs> you know, um, just those little things make such an impact. But that pure coaching, you want the client to experience the full power of that. So give them the full, the pure experience as well as bringing into other things. What do you think of that that metaphor? That stands out to you. I think I can relate it to um, I'm an instructional coach. So I coach teachers about um, like encourage helping them get to like a best practice state. But I coach physics teachers, algebra teachers, English teachers. I don't know anything about physics but i can still coach them and use their and like empower them but i can't give advice because i don't i don't know so that's just helped me really separate like being the pure coach mm. because i'm an expert on my own life right so i want to give expert advice on life but i can't give advice on how to teach physics so that helped me to kind of take that understanding and move it into life coaching yeah thank you christy it's such a such a good example uh, and it's helpful to empower clients and remind them that you're not you don't, you're not an expert on their you know area um and and you know telling them hey i believe you're the expert because that's that like, that first part of empowerment is like hey this is how i see you this is what i believe about you um and just that alone um uh, like hey you're you're in charge <laughs> you're the expert I know for me, just even being told that and being put in that, that position alone, even before coaching began, was like, whoa, I get to decide? I'm in charge? Uh, an example I love of this is uh, after the agenda setting. Uh, so after we, in CTD, we use something called the time model to go through agenda setting. Empowering the client even then of where do you want to start? I have literally had people cry. Because they're like, wait, I get to choose? I'm in charge. And I was like, 
I mean, not only is it powerful for coaching, but just how empowering of like, you're the expert. Um, and something I would uh, just challenge you all is how can you empower the client as much as possible in a coaching session? I guarantee you it'll make the coaching even more powerful because then the person is realizing, wow, I do have it. Like I do know where to go or this is where they, they went. Willie, I see your hand raised. Um, I, I think Christy said something that to me, based on what I said a moment ago, is a really interesting perspective in that I, I would have never thought that it was possible that I could be a better coach to somebody in a field that I have absolutely no expertise than the other way around. I've always had the perspective that I want to narrow my focus and become a coach in a particular field where I bring expertise. And it just flips that whole notion. And that's really interesting. Thanks, Christy, for saying that. I would even add to that and say it's better if you're not an expert because you can be even more curious. Yeah. Not saying that you can't be an expert. And we'll talk a little bit about like niche because that that is something that you can bring in um, your expertise and how you frame it and use it in the way that you partner with people. But coaching someone you know nothing about, <laughs> but you, you know coaching um, can be really powerful. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about empowerment. So we have a empowering essential quality. And uh, this is all about the client is the expert on their life. Uh, the client is in charge of the agenda. They're in charge of the action steps. So we think about um, the coach is just empowering the client of like, hey, you can lead yourself. You can lead your life. Uh, so we might op offer expert knowledge with curiosity. So we're going to talk about how to do that in this workshop. That's why we're here. Uh, and adapting coaching tools, questions all to the client. So that, that is also empowering too, using questions that are based on the client. So again, it goes back to level listening, li really listening to what they're saying so that you can base your questions using their language. Um, and think about how can I help this person lead themselves better rather than follow my lead? Because and I've seen this. I know I was expecting coming into a coaching session. You're going to tell me what to do with my life. Nope. Hannah, what do you want to do with your life? How do you want to move forward? So you'll notice there's that key word that I often listen for when I'm listening to someone's coaching. Because I, I listen to hundreds of hours of coaching a month. I listen to a lot of coaching. And I listen for the word want. Because that, if you can include that in more of your questions, is automatically be more going to be more empowering. How do you want to move forward? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? What strength do you want to lean on? How do you want to see yourself? You can, you can feel that difference, including the word want. Uh, we want to be in this empowerment um, basis, uh, this place of ultimately the clients be expert, how do they want to move forward versus knowledge, how do I want them to move forward? What do I see? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but just think about even if you're sharing expert knowledge, it's with an empowerment basis of how do they want to move forward? What do they want? And we're going to talk more about that. It's also about uh, empowering autonomy that they ultimately have the choice on who they want to be um, and what they want. 
Um, I know for me, that's, that's really important. And I think that um, it's, it's such a need. Um, there's actually a theory called self-determination theory and autonomy is key in helping people change and helping them be motivated to change because they, they're the ones that have decided and decided what they want to change. Uh, so that there's a lot of really interesting research on self-determination theory. So if you want people to like kind of take the reins and, and be determined and want to change their life, you got to empower them. And that starts with who do you want to be? What do you want to create? What do you want to work on? Uh, I will say that not all people are used to this. They might be used. I know I was used to a lot of mentoring and teaching and a lot of people telling me what I should do and who I should be. So it's helpful to address that from the start when you're designing the alliance. Don't rush over this. It's like you're the expert and that's what this means. And that I want this. This is an empowering experience. It's not a um, I'm going to tell you what to do. Because there are a lot of definitions of coaching out there. And in terms of professional coaching, it's about empowerment. Even with health coaching, it's about empowerment. Yep, self-shooting. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, just even pointing that out. Where is the should coming from? How do you want to relate to that should? What agenda does that should have for you? I mean, there's a lot you can explore with should should and have to all right empowering the essential quality connects to the icf core competency of embodying a coaching mindset so embodying a coaching mindset is really just the mindset overall that you have about coaching uh, that is acknowledging the client is responsible for their own choices that we are always continuing to learn and grow as coaches we are reflecting on our coaching. So even if you're not doing overviews, I encourage you to be reflecting on your coaching. Um, you are remaining really you know, open to um, influence. Uh, so context and culture on yourself and others. Um, you're aware of your intuition. You are aware of your own emotions. Um, you create a space to how to prepare for sessions. Um, you ever just like maybe had your own coaching session had all these great insights it might not be the best time to go have a coaching session with someone else because you might actually start to apply like i just realized this and i have to tell you because i think it might be helpful for you right so how do you prepare for sessions in a way that puts you in that position to empower someone um and making sure you as the coach are also seeking out um support and resources uh, so coaching mindset isn't always automatic. We have other mindsets, other ways of seeing things. So it's really intentional. I think about like, are you really intentionally putting your coaching hat on? <laughs> are you really stepping into that coaching mindset? So I encourage you as you've been practicing, um, no matter how long, if you're just starting out or you've been in this uh, for several years, um, how can you set up coaching in your schedule? And around your life in a way that isn't going to tempt you to be the expert. I, I will say, even if I was I'm just reading a really great book, okay, I need some time to like detach from that and not be all excited to share what I'm learning with someone, right? Or maybe I just took a class and I'm not going to purposely not going to schedule a coaching session right after. So, what helps you prepare for sessions? And and I will tell you uh, something I practiced early on was just even writing 
what I believed about the clients. So Stephen writing, oh, Amy's brilliant. Amy's going to come up with the, you know, her answers, like Amy, <laughs> you know, or, oh, I can't wait to see what Allison comes up with, right? So just putting that on is so powerful and so key because it's not always automatic. It takes practice. And there's benefit of other mindsets as well. Uh, but in coaching, we want to have that coaching mom mindset. And I think about embodying it is like not just putting it on, but really being it, like really um, wearing it. Um, so I'd encourage you to think about what helps you to really step into a coaching mindset. What around your schedule? I will say too, um, you know, as I've grown as a coach, I can't do eight hours of master level coaching a day. So that's something to think about is like, how much coaching can I do a day and maintain this mindset? What length of sessions? How often am I meeting with someone? Uh, am I scheduling people with like similar problems on the same day or similar agendas? Okay, I might need to space that out. So there's a lot to think about to really help set yourself up for this. Any thoughts, questions, comments so far? Pause here. I'm gonna move on to some distinctions. And the way and the words you use matters. <clears throat> I encourage you, look up advice, look up suggestion, look up recommendation, look up opinion, tip, and solution. A lot of them imply some sort of action from it. So even the advice that you typed, how could you share that as a perspective? So in a coaching session, if you're going to share advice or not share advice, share expert knowledge, don't position it with, can I give you some advice? Because that's implying that you know what they should do. Same thing with suggestion, recommendation, opinion, even a tip. Can I give you a tip? That's like, hey, I, I know what you should do and I'm going to give it to you. So the words you use matter. So just be really aware of, of these words, advice, suggestion, recommendation, opinion, tip, solution, so on. Uh, these other words, I would say, is a better way of framing it. You know, can I share a perspective, a way of seeing it, a fact, so, uh, or even some research on it, um, information, especially in health coaching, um, we have our whole uh, MBHWC approved course uh, that's starting actually later this month, but we learn the research and learn what are the facts and then you're prepared to share the fact. Right? Um, I put perspective twice. That's how important it is, you all. Perspective. That's so important. <laughs> uh, an observation. Um, an intuition. I would also put in there just what you're noticing, what you're seeing. I will go even as far to say, can I share something is better than saying, can I share advice? So even if you're gonna say, can I share something, that will help, it's something, it's more neutral, right? Um, or what I'm noticing. So the words you use matters. And I will also just make sure that you you can just tell a client what coaching is and what it isn't perfectly. I've heard it 
hundreds of times. Coaches that are like, you could have taught the class on design the alliance. You just did that so good. But their client wasn't on the same page. So you can say all the right things, like I'm not gonna give you advice, um, but them still think that you are. So really catch those ahead of time. I'm hoping for, well, even I would say guidance could be implied as like, I know the way you should go. Um, so if they start like, well, I'm hoping to get some guidance on this. Well, remember as a coach, I can, I mean, I can definitely share perspective and um, facts and observations, intuitions with you, but I'm not telling you what you should do. You are the expert on yourself in your life. You're going to need to reiterate that. I know even for me as a client, it took me some time to really settle in. Can I trust myself? Am I really the expert? So think about you are training someone how to trust themselves. It's not going to happen overnight. So really catch these words. I was hoping you could give me some suggestions. Well, what are your ideas on this? Don't let them put you in the position of expert. So how can you hand that back to them? Yeah, Lakeisha? How often is it okay to share a perspective? Depends on the context. We're gonna, well, I'll get a little bit more to that. Um, but the next slide will help um, in that. But it's just like with many tools in coaching, even acknowledgement, even championing, even challenging, um, it's all about not overusing it because what we don't want is the client not to even trust their own perspective because they're leaning on yours um so it depends on context i'm sure you've been thinking about what is your hunch what do you mean another example of what to say when they ask you for advice mm -hmm. if they ask you for advice this is what i say I, you've been thinking about this what's What's your hunch? What have you been thinking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be glad to share my perspective. But actually, I believe you give yourself the best advice. Okay. Let's talk about when to not share. And you are on level one listening. If are you excited? Are you giddy? Like, oh, they have to realize this is it. I have had those moments. I still continue to have those moments. It's exciting. You can kind of see it coming. Um, anytime you have, um, like, really notice your thoughts. I want them to realize dot, dot, dot. You know, they need to. You can't be concise. You feel kind of all tangled up in it. You can't hand it back to the client with an open-ended question. You have a bias. It's really important to be aware of that we all have biases. We all have things that we believe to be true. And we need to be really aware of those in coaching. One that's really common is confirmation bias. We want to be right. Ooh, this is it. I want the, I want it to be it. You know, our, our brains want to be right. So it's really important to ask yourself, what do you believe about what you're sharing? Are you saying they should, they have to? Um, are you attached to being right in any way? I usually check myself. So here's the connection with pause. Uh, I know you all are just waiting for me to bring up pause. Anyone that knows me knows I talk about it a lot. But the only way you're going to be able to catch yourself is by pausing and like checking yourself. Um, yeah, I can make sure this PowerPoint's um, 
shared. Maybe we can see if it's available for download when it gets uploaded. I'm fine with that. Uh, but if you, I, I, I need to pause and check myself. Oop, I'm too excited. I'm going to wait. So that's the thought I have for you. It might just not be the right time to share, but it might be the something really helpful to share. So keep that in mind. It doesn't mean like anytime you're excited, shoot it down, ignore it. It's like, okay, I'm going to stay curious about that. Uh, I have a couple examples for you. So I actually was coaching someone live for the first time with a group of 20 other coaches, all training to be master coaches. Imagine, might be a little bit nerve wracking. Uh, and this person keeps talking about a messy room. And they're talking about their life and their career. And they're talking like, and no, they're not talking about a messy room. I keep thinking of a messy room. I'm like, what is going on? They're talking about their career and their life. And I was at first, I was like, there's something here. I have to share this right now. And so I'm like, okay, not sharing it right now. I'm going to stay curious about it. And so I like to say, like, I kept getting, getting pinged, messy room. Ooh, what about, and I kept like seeing it. I waited like 10 minutes and I probably like had the thought multiple times in that. But when I shared it, what it led to was not even about the messy room. So what I shared was, as you're talking, I see a messy room. What do you think of that? So I'm not explaining why I think it's a messy room or, you know, the whole time that you've been talking, I've been thinking a messy room and I can't quite figure it out, but I think there's something there for you. And what do you, you know, like I didn't do that. I just said what I was getting kind of an intuition of and asked them what they thought of it. I will never forget the client saying, it's not a messy room. It's the closet. I've been putting everything in my life in the closets, pretending I have it all figured out, but I don't. So it wasn't even about my intuition I shared. It was about where it led the client. So if you have, this is where they need to go with this, you shouldn't share it. So wait, you never know um, what it might be. I have a similar story I like to share about a strawberry. I'm like, what on earth? Why am I thinking of a strawberry? But it was like, at first it was like, this is it. This is, this is huge. I'm like, okay. Um, but since I was so attached to it, like this has to be shared, I waited and actually waited. This one was a lot longer, like a good amount of the coaching session. And then I felt like got to a place where I felt kind of neutral about it. I'm like, okay, well, let's see if there's anything here. So I've shifted from there's something here to, okay, let's see. We'll see what happens. You want, you have to be willing to pivot wherever the client takes it. If you want them to go somewhere from it, don't share it. Wait or don't share it. In that example, I said, as you're talking about this, I see a strawberry. What do you think of that? Client burst into tears. How did you know to ask about the strawberry? And like this huge like meaning, I, I had no idea. So just keep in mind, like the purpose of your intuitions, your observations, it's all for the client, not, so oftentimes it is the right like something really helpful to share, but not the right time. So I encourage you, like if you have, you know, advice, information, you know, things that come up that you're like, oh, I think this might be helpful for them. Wait and stay curious about it. Really take space to check yourself because I guarantee you that, that timing matters. And I don't know if those same moments would have been impactful if I had said like, this is what it is, or this is what I'm seeing right off the bat. So wait. And make sure that you can share it without leading up to it or adding to it.
All right. I'm going to bring this back to learn v do. So I will go as far as to say that anything you share shouldn't imply who the client should be, what they need to learn, and what they should do. Are you able to share it in that neutral place so where it's still them deciding what they need to learn? Them deciding who they need to be, them deciding what they need to do. That's why it's helpful, like in terms of here's a perspective or an observation, something that's neutral and how you position it so that they ultimately can decide who they want to be, what they want to do, and what they need to learn. I also love to think about um, coaching to flourish, which I'll get to in a second here as well. Hi, Denise, glad you're here. So, when to share? I'm going to give you an acronym. It's called CREW. Um, do you believe? that the client is creative, that they're the resourceful, that they are the expert on themselves and their experience and their whole. So you might even set a re remind yourself, uh, you know, Lori is creative, Lori is resourceful, Lori is the expert, Lori is whole, remembering that. Are you able to be concise? And that means not leading up to it or adding to it. That gets into direct communication. Are you able to use short observation, insight, perspective, fact, research, and hand it back? What do you make of that? What do you think of that? So you're able to empower with something, but with curiosity. And that's the key with expert knowledge. Short and concise with curiosity. You're not explaining it. You're not leading up to it. You're not attached to it. You're offering it and then right back into curiosity of like what they make of that, wherever it wants, they want to take that. So again, it's not going down any path of who they, who they need to be, what they need to learn, what they need to do. They have the reins in that. You're in level two listening. This is this idea that you're staying curious. You should be just as curious about how they react so something you share as how they respond to what you share. Because I can tell you, there is gold <laughs> in something we offer, like um, like the strawberry example. A lot of emotion, there's a huge emotional response and I got to see that. Um, and there was a lot of empathy was able to, to demonstrate and just like, I'm noticing this. So be just as curious as to how the client reacts as how they respond because there's a lot that you can pull out of that. Yes, crew, I'm gonna talk about EPE in a second. Crew is the creative, resourceful, expert on themselves and their experience and whole. Um, direct communication is ICF, so we, and that connects to the courageous quality, uh, and the courageous essential quality. Direct communication is observation, insight, intuition, Followed with an open-ended, curious question. It's short and concise. It's the same format that we use for empathy. I saw you smile. What was that? Short observation, hand back with open-ended question. EPE is something um, that is emphasized in health coaching. So again, if you're interested in health coaching, um, that's um, a kind of an add-on to wellness and going to the health board. But EPE stands for elicit, provide, elicit. And so this idea that asking what they know about something before you even share, that is powerful. So 
instead and you can just take that instead of sharing advice or a perspective too like what do you know about whatever it is that you're wanting to share finding out what they know provide is where you'd provide a fact or research or information and then elicit is the last e what do you think of that so it's it's very similar to direct communication direct communication is provide elicit and then epe is what do you know about that sharing a fact and then eliciting what they think of that i will say too um asking permission is part of direct communication um so for acc and pcc coaches with icf highly encourage it doesn't mean can i can i ask <laughs> asking permission then giving advice or telling them what to do but it's really helpful in empowering the client as the expert and always giving them a choice so ask more permission because it's honoring of the client it empowers them of can i share what i'm noticing I have a tool that might be helpful. Are you interested? Right? It's a, it, it, it helps to empower by asking permission. It also helps you detach and let them choose. Uh, you should also not be attached to the outcome. So remember learning, being, doing. Are you attached in any way? And again, sometimes it's just about waiting. All right, this connects to coaching to flourish. So coaching to flourish is something we use in our wellness coaching, this idea of going from seed to flower. Well, here's a thought. Can you grow into the flower you wanna be if you're planting someone else's seed? That's why we don't want to tell someone what to do or tell them who they need to be. Um, it's creative, resource, uh, resourceful. Um, so the coaching to flourish model is like, it's to grow well. Well, I want you to grow well in the way that you wanna grow into what you want to grow, not in how I think you should grow. All right, so let's talk. I know we're nearing the end of our time. I can just keep talking about this all day if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, let's talk about positioning your expertise. Uh, clients want to be able to connect with you for two things. And this is from the book Presence by Amy Cuddy. Empathy and authority. They're very important in coaching um, because it's, you know, I mean, would you want to be listening to me right now if I didn't know anything about coaching? <laughs> if I didn't know what it was like, um, maybe to be given advice or to be empowered, I have that empathy. Like, I know what it's like to, but I also have this authority of like, hey, this is the way to do this. Uh, so think about what is your empathy and then your authority. I'll also add to that. Who have you used to be and what did you used to struggle with? Because there is a connection between you know, your life stories and your experiences and how you can serve clients really well. So I'd encourage you to think about it. what is your empathy and your authority and what is um, your, your role, all the different roles you've ever played and your, who you've used to be and what you used to struggle with because that that is part of connecting. That is part of, um, you know how how we it shapes the way we coach you know are the process and that's why i thought of uh, these to share with you so you can build out resources for people so that's part of coaching with you that they have access to a library of resources so maybe you collect different things and share different things blog is a great way blog is underrated 
blog and uh, is, is something called search media. So if you want people to find you, you know, are you writing about their problems? You can write, and, and that is a, such a great way to connect. Yes, social media, but you know, you could blog about your experiences, blog about your expertise, um, blog about the time someone gave you, you this advice and how, you know, what happened. Um, so how are you positioning your expertise? You could build out resources. You could build marketing materials. You could host workshops and build your own courses and, hey, even have a framework for coaching and the, the process of coaching based on your experience. Um, social media, blog, there's so much, there's so much more than just the coaching that you can be thinking about. So I encourage you as you think about your expertise, your authority, your empathy, what else could you build out beyond just coaching sessions? Because I think what happens is coaches try and fit everything into coaching sessions, or you can serve people powerfully in expanding um, what you're offering, right? Like that they have you know, a library of resources or um, say their action step is to have a difficult conversation. May I share something with you? I have some resources around this. Would you like to hear them? And maybe you have some books or maybe you have a blog post you've done. There's so much you can do. So don't limit it to the coaching session because the coaching session should be the client and their brilliance. But there's a place for your brilliance and your expertise and, and your story too. So those are just my ideas. Um, so as we wrap up, um, I want you to carry with these questions. What is your expert knowledge? What is your empathy and your authority? How are you positioning it? And then lastly, what is the connection between your knowledge and the client's problems? Because I guarantee you they're seeing something in your knowledge of, ooh, they're the coach for me because of your knowledge. But how are you positioning that so that they're the expert, not you? All right, so I know we are out of time. I will stop there, um, but I will hang if there's questions, thoughts, comments. And if you want to, keyword, if you want to, something that may be helpful is taking those pieces of advice that you wrote in the chat and how could you position them from an empowerment basis? How could you turn them into something even for outside the coaching session? All right, well, thank you so much for being here. I will hang if there's any questions, anyone wants to connect. Uh, oh, the last question on the last slide was, what is the connection between your knowledge and your client's problems? Thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah. Yep. Thank you. Super fun. Thanks, lady. Yep. So good to see you all.